the name of Jesus, what a what an awesome name it is. Hey, I got to tell you that I'm just overflowing with joy because uh, I'm a new grandparent to a girl, and Sue's new grandmother. So we we love this little girl that's come into our life. And Friday night when Sue was having practice with uh, all the children here, I, I took one of our grandchildren back home, and, and I walked in the door, and they put that little baby girl in my arms, and uh, I held her for about an hour. She was really comfortable. And uh, but uh, but the name, speaking of names, Emma Hope, Emma Hope, and she's going to bring a lot of joy in our life. Can you imagine the name of Jesus and the name of Emmanuel that came to Joseph and Mary and that name? There is there is no name like Jesus. No greater name, no more powerful birth that changed the world like Jesus. People have been born to this world and changed the world, but no one has ever been born to our world and changed it like Jesus. Hey, I wanted to, I always like to use visual aids, so I wanted to, to do this. I, I, I keep different props around, and I had this little stake that, uh, that has joy on it, and when I found it, it's broken. And uh, I want you to know that we are the keepers of joy. And often... The reason joy doesn't work in our life is that it's broken. That you have some issue in your life, some struggle in your life, and, but your joy is broken. And you can't enjoy things because there's something that's taken joy out of your life. And often this is stuff outside of us. Sometimes it's ourself that breaks our joy. But, but I want you to notice, when joy is broken, it stays down here. When joy is working, it's lifted. And I want to just challenge you today, this Christmas season, to not let your joy be broken. And there are a lot of things that can break our joy. Circumstances can break our joy. Can you get a witness there? Uh, How about people? Hey, just get on the freeways. You can be in a really good mood and somebody can break into your joy and crush it. Uh, Doubt can break our joy. Some of you know this better than I. A health diagnosis can break your joy. A family member, a child can break your joy. A husband can break your joy. A wife, we all are people that are broken. And often we have our joys broken and we don't know how to do it. I want to say this, that we have to lift it up. And by God's grace, I'm going to try to glue this back together and make it lift again. Because the bottom line is, joy shouldn't be hidden. Joy should be lifted. And we lift the joy of the Lord. Such was the case with a lady named Mrs. Jones, who was 92 years old. And she was legally blind, but in spite of her limitations, she was always neatly dressed. Uh, she was always carefully brushing her hair, and, and wonderfully and tastefully she applied her makeup each day, 92 years old. Then suddenly her husband of 70 years died. Wow. It became necessary quickly after that for her to go to a nursing home where she could receive proper care. On the day of her move, a help, helpful neighbor came and drove her and guided her to the lobby, but her new, her new room wasn't ready. So she patiently waited in the lobby of this nursing home for several hours. Finally, an attendant came and smiled sweetly to her, and, and she maneuvered her, maneuvered her walker to the elevator, and the staff member described your room. Here's what your room has got a window like this. It has this, and we just put in new curtains, and Miss Jones says, I'm going to love it. And so the worker said, Miss Jones, you haven't seen your room yet. How can you know if you love it? She said, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Happiness, joy, 
It's something you choose. Whether I like my room or not doesn't depend on how it's arranged. It depends on how I arrange my thinking. See, sometimes we look at this world that's so negative, so depressed. We've got to find our joy again, folks. You know, it's, it's bad. The Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. We've got to smile again, folks. There are too many people out there in bad moods. Hey, can I get a witness? We, we get in really bad moods at Christmas. The greatest time of joy, and we gripe the most. M.R. DeHaan wrote in the Daily Bread, God takes delight when we rejoice in all that he has done. And when we thank him for the love, he shows us through his son. God takes delight when we say, I love your son. I, there's nothing like you, God, to give your son. How do we find our joy again? How do we find joy in this world? We find it in Luke chapter 2. I want you to stand with me. It will be on the screen. And I'll read it, but I want you to follow. It's Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read just a little bit together. I want you to see it. We're going to read verse 8 through 20. And this is the story of the shepherds and the angels. Listen to it as I read and follow along on the screen or on your Bible or on your phone. Follow along. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the field, keeping watch over the, night, over the flock by night. And there was an angel of the Lord that stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I'd be afraid too. And the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped tightly, snugly in a cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels left them, they returned. And the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem to see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And the Bible says this, and this is the only way to treat spiritual stuff. They hurried off, and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message that they were told to the child, about the child. And, they all, all, and, and all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds, said what they said to them. But Mary, treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them, and then the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and been told. Let's pray together, then you can be seated. Father in heaven, bless this text. Help us to get it not like an old story. Help us to get it like new news. And it can be just that fresh news to us. I pray you'd bless us as we go through this lesson. Give us strength to get the message and change our life by it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So if you follow along, I want to just tell you just a couple things about this. How do we find joy in the world? How do we find joy in our world? We find joy when we look for Jesus. There are a lot of things you can look for. You can find trouble. How many know you, if you want to look for trouble, you can find it? You know, somebody, somebody said, trouble is my middle name. When you look for trouble, you can find it. You look for doubt, you can find it. Look for challenges, you can find it. But when you look for Jesus, the Bible says that this news came to the end and it was good news of great joy. Look for joy and find your joy in Jesus. Why did the angels reach out to the shepherds? They wanted to spread the joy. And I got to tell you, sometimes church members, we're all bad about this. We, we are so negative. Just share the joy. Tell somebody they look nice. Hey, find a way to say something positive with people. Look at them and say, I like your smile. Look at them and say, you're such an encourager. Find a way to say positive things to other people. The Bible says this, that they 
teaches this in this text about the joy that they were looking for, that they would find it when they looked at the promise of Jesus. And what was the promise? The scripture says here, and this is a very Old Testament fulfillment, the scripture says here that all those thousands of years that the Israelites were looking for the Messiah, he has come. He has come. You're not looking for some new agent or some new angel. You're not looking for some new minister. You're not even looking for some new prophet. You're looking for the Messiah. And the great joy of life is the Messiah. That means that the Savior had come. Look for the Messiah. If you can't find the Messiah in your Christmas, look again. He's not in the tree. He should be in your heart. Look for the Messiah. They found joy when they found the promise. They found joy when they found the praise. The Bible says they praised God. Christmas should be more than just wrapping and unwrapping presents. Praise God. I preached Helen Lofton's funeral the other day, and I was in the middle of the sermon, and, right, and I've never had this happen. Uh, a couple people in the middle of the sermon, they started thinking about Jesus, and we started talking about Jesus and how Helen loved Jesus. A couple people started raising their hand worshiping. How do you worship at a funeral? You worship at a funeral because the baby Jesus came in this world, and the baby Jesus saved Helen Lofton. She's in heaven with baby Jesus, running with the living Jesus. She's with him now. The Adult Jesus. She's there however old he is. She's with Jesus now. <laughs> Praise God. Christmas should be more than wrapping presents and unwrapping presents. It should be about praise. Find joy in the pursuit of Jesus. You will find me, the Bible says, when you seek me with all your heart. Let me ask you this. What are you seeking this Christmas? Are you seeking to get the job done? Or are you really seeking Jesus? Find joy by seeking Jesus. I read this article about the pursuit of joy about different people in life and history who had the pursuit of joy and didn't find it. And many people have, have pursued their happiness in amazing ways, but they never found it. For example, you cannot find your joy in unbelief. Voltaire was a wonderful, a powerful, rather not wonderful, a powerful infidel. And, and, he, and he wrote, I wish I'd never been born. Hey, Without God, you're in trouble in this world. You're in trouble when you die. This man said, I wish I'd ever born. You can't find any pleasure. One guy named Lord Byron said this. He, I lived a full life of pleasure. But at the end of my life, he says, here's what I am. I am a worm, a canker, a grief. I'm by myself alone because pleasure didn't do anything for me. Can't find any money. A guy named Jay Gould, who is a big millionaire of the past, he had plenty of money. When he died, he said this, I suppose I'm the most miserable man on earth. People think money can make them happy. It can't. Jesus gives you joy. Can't find it in fame. All those actors out there, one actor said this about their life. Youth is a mistake. Manhood is a struggle. And old age is a regret. There's no joy there. You can't find it in military glory. Alexander the Great conquered the known world of his day and having completed that, he went to his tent and started crying and said these words, there are no more worlds to conquer. I'm alone. Where's real joy, real joy found? Real joy is found in Jesus. You gotta look for it. Look for it. Hey, I, I don't know if you know, Sue's a wonderful cook and, and I'm not a good cook. Uh, if it's not on the grill, a hamburger or chicken, I can't, I can't cook it, you know. She's a wonderful cook. And, but here's what I do. And I tell this in marriage counseling. If your wife is working in the kitchen, busy, you don't sit in your lazy boy and watch TV and football. You go in there and you clean up. You do something. You, you sweep. You go fold sheets or something. You, you work. I, I'm the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. And so some time ago, we were washing dishes. 
and and I couldn't find the dishwashing detergent. You got to have that. You got you got to have you got to have something to cut the grease. And so I looked around, couldn't find any, and then it dawned on me. <laughs> It's not through yet, folks. You're going to laugh again, I think. It dawned on me there was some joy stuck underneath the cabinet. (laughs) Hey, when is it going to dawn on us that we've taken our joy and stored it away? Go get it. Go get it. We find joy when we look for Jesus. We find joy when we listen to Jesus. Glory to God in the highest heaven. These guys, can you imagine what it was like when they went and found the baby Jesus? What was it like to hear him breathing? Held that baby in my arms the other day, last Friday night, and you can hear that little breath. I touched her little cheek, and she made a noise that said, hello, it's something like this. (laughs) But it's a powerful thing to see, to listen to this Baby that's now with us, and now he's, for him, he was breathing, and now she's breathing. And look at the influence of this listening to the Jesus. They listened to the baby, and when they saw the baby when the first time, they probably saw this baby not in strength. He wasn't the one that was calming the waters. He wouldn't be the one that touched the sick at this point. That baby was very weak, but it wasn't going to stay that way. The shepherds were looking for the baby Jesus, and they found him, and they listened to him. Some of you may remember a former minister of music early in my ministry here named Harvey Smith. Harvey Smith uh, recorded some songs, and he recorded one song. I couldn't find out if he wrote it, who wrote it. Some of you researched it and let me know by the end of the service. Don't get on your phones. Just let me know if you know it. And, uh, and so, but he, he wrote a song. He sang, sang, sang a song about the baby's cry. And, and it's very touching. And I listened to him. And, and Harvey is a friend of mine, and he's with Jesus now. A young man died prematurely. He's with Jesus But he sang this song, Lord, let me feel your Christmas, not the one our world has made, not in the tinsel or the gifts we give, but in the promise that you gave. Lord, take me back to Bethlehem and let me see the reason why. Let me be there in your stable. Lord, let me hear the baby cry. Listen to the baby. See the baby in weakness. See the baby in wonder. The little life that came into the world. One person had eyebrow. The baby had eyebrows and elbows, kindness and hair. But he was not full adult yet, so he was just a little bitty baby. What could a baby do to save this world? St. Augustine, the great theologian, said this of the infant Jesus. He was unspeakably wise, but he is wisely speechless. The word without a word, quiet he lies whose vigor hurled the universe. He sleeps, whose eyelids have never closed before. God became flesh. The wonder of the incarnation, the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient, became a baby. Then listen to him in worship. When you listen to him, as they look, they listen. And then if you read the story, they listen, and all of a sudden... This was not just a visitation at a nursery. This wasn't a conversation at stable. Here's what this was. This was not, not just normal. A whole worship service broke out. And by the way, the best way to have worship is to have it break out. 
You can't manipulate it. And so the whole worship service, heaven began to sing, began to sing and angels began to sing, and they were a part of that. And so as one person wrote, this was a symphony of the grandest sound, the angels singing, the stars above, and it was a wonderful light show as God revealed His Son. And one person wrote, but it wasn't just a symphony. The symphony became a folk tune. How's that? Because Jesus became a real man. He's one of us, one of us. What happened in the stable when he was recognized and respected and praised? There's a book that I read years ago. I made a copy of it, and I can't find the book, and I couldn't find it online. I ought to reveal the book to you today. But it's a book called Having God on Our Hands. And the writer writes, God, O infant son, heaven's fairest child, Conceived by union, divine grace with our disgrace, sleep well. Sleep well, bask in the coolness of the night and the, and the diamonds in the sky. Sleep well, for the heat of anger simmers nearby. Enjoy the silence of the crib, for the noise of confusion rumbles in your future. Sweep safely. One day you'll come and will come and will not be able to protect you because of your enemies. Rest well, tiny hands, for though you're a little... You will never be a king. And though you, you'll never be a king, you'll never touch satin. You'll never own gold. You, you'll grasp no pen, guide no brush. No, your tiny hands are reserved for more precious work. Your hands will touch lepers. Open wounds. Your hands will wipe away a widow's tear. Your hands will claw on the ground in Gethsemane when you're broken by his followers. Your hands are tiny they're tender, and tonight they're in the infant's fist. But one day you will come back as the Lord and conquer this world. That's the baby. Find joy in listening to Jesus. Find joy in lifting Jesus. Verse 17, if you read on down in almost the last verse we read, it says, after seeing them, they reported the message. <clears throat> the message started traveling there at this point. The shepherds, uh, like the shepherds, we got a story to tell. The story is a happy story. Amen? Aren't you glad to tell people about Jesus? Sue and I were shopping a little last night. Uh, we were mainly walking at the Gallery Mall. We'd like to go out and get our steps there. And we made a little purchase, and I, I, we talked to these two ladies. And, and so they, Sue and the lady talked about teaching and stuff, and Sue said she's retired. And then I said, well, I only work two days a week. <laughs> she says, so what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. Oh, yeah? Where do you preach? I was hoping she'd show up today. We invited these two ladies to church. Let me say this. All of us, in little and small and grand ways, need to be like these shepherds, need to be like the angels. We need to lift up Jesus. Where do we go? You could be at a restaurant. I have a good friend. His name is Jim Ponder. Jim Ponder sang in this church. He's a wonderful man. And he sang, he's a gospel evangelist, sang for all kinds of people. He took me out to eat one time to a barbecue place. And he uh, got all the food there. And Jim Ponder ate fast. He like ate, he ate at 90 and gusted 180. But he always never started before, he never started eating before he prayed. And he took the hand of the little waitress there at that barbecue place and says, Listen, we are believers in Jesus. And we hope you'll be a believer in Jesus. If you're not, she said, I am. 
He said, I want to pray for you that God will bless you. Is there some prayer request we could offer? And there we had a little revival meeting at an East Dallas barbecue place. There the waitress and me and Jim Ponder all holding hands and lifting up the name of Jesus. Don't miss an opportunity to lift up. You're not doing this for show. You do it because you love him. You do it because you love other people. Lift him up. Lift him up. They lifted Jesus. They lifted with a message of joy. First they heard with their ears. Now they saw with their eyes. They lifted the Messiah. They had great joy. Jesus had come to heaven, come from heaven to earth. They lifted it up and meditated him on him. They measured, they, they treasured things in their heart, Mary did. This, they rehearsed meditation. And meditation is something that can be rehearsed. Like, and they, you could have it as a ritual. But this meditation was real. The joy in Mary's heart caused her to meditate. Hey, I, I know there's a lot of stuff about yoga and stuff like that right now, and I'm not preaching against that. But it is sad that we get so busy that we never slow down to just thank God for who he is. And I want to challenge you in the business and hurriedness of Christmas. You stop for a moment and you think, God, you sent Jesus to me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. So meditate on him. And then there's a miracle of joy. A miracle of joy. They would learn that this was God's son. And they returned back to the, the place and began to bring the joy and share the joy. They had found God's son. The joy in their heart caused them to praise God for the miracle. And they were glorifying and praising God. Hey, I, I wish I was a singer. I would sing this song for you. Uh, but Michael Card sings a song based on Luke chapter 2. It's the story of Simeon. And if you read the story, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, the revelation of Israel, and deliverance of Israel. And they brought Jesus to be dedicated to the temple. And Simeon took him up in his arms. And Michael Card sings it like this. Now that I've held you in my arms, my life will never be the same. I want to tell you, we need to hold Jesus in our arms again. Kind of just imagine if we would have been there. If you'd have seen that little baby, I'm not sure about you. You get around babies, don't you just want to pick them up? Pick them up. I want us to lift Jesus again. Get next to him. Watch him as he breathes. Watch him as he lives. And watch him as he ministered to us through the Bible. Hey, can I tell you something? We, we've really lost our joy. I can repair this joy even if I can't glue it. I can take that off, little bit of nails on there and put a new stick on it. I can repair that joy. But it's a little more difficult to repair the joy that's in your heart or absent in your heart. I read this story about a, a very formal church that the preacher was preaching on Christmas joy. And he said, they were kind of formal. He said, and, and the congregation was basically stale. Not like this congregation, you know, y'all yell and scream and all this stuff. And so, and not scream, but y'all, y'all, amen and all that. But the, basically, he, he preaches sermons and nobody ever moved. So he's preaching on the joy of Christmas. And so he gave everybody a helium balloon that came into church. And he says, so I begin, when, I, when he began his sermon, he says, now, folks, I'm going to be talking about Jesus tonight, today. I'm going to talk about how he's the wonderful Savior. He's the Messiah. But if when I say something that really creates joy, I want you to release your balloon. Throughout the service and the sermon, the balloons started going up to the ceiling. 
But when he counted the balloons that didn't go, he was heartbreaking. He said one-third of the congregation did, want, did not want to release their joy. Hey, folks, here's my sermon. Let's let our joy go this Christmas. Let's let our balloons go. Let's lift up joy. And if your joy has been broken, may God help us to repair it today. Let's find our joy in Jesus. Father in heaven, bless us as we give the invitation to allow us to recover the joy that we need in understanding Jesus. And so as we hold you and embrace you in our heart, help us to have a fresh new revelation of who you are in our life. If there's somebody in this room that's never accepted Christ as Savior, I pray they would come and find joy by knowing Jesus, the Messiah. If there's somebody who'd like to join our church, pray they would come. Or if there's somebody who'd like to come pray at the altar, help us to not let Satan steal our joy. Let's find it in Jesus and lift up our joy today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, bless us in every way and send those who need to make decisions. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Will you stand? Will you come as God leads you?